All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Uh, I see some big I love you balloons. Uh, Valentine's Day was last Wednesday. Yeah, it was so nice. I came home because uh, we had an event last Wednesday evening, right? Yes, So we it was did. a long day. Uh-huh. Got home at like 8.30. I walked in and Becky had strung those I love you balloons across the threshold of our home. Nice. Uh, and they remain inflated on our wall. Man, I was so tired at the end of that day because I was up in the morning and then we did the giveaway in the afternoon and then I was eating on the on the couch while watching TV with Jen, who I hadn't seen all day too. Right. And she hates when I chew uh, when there's nothing else happening. Okay. And she was like, noises, 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 like trying to block <laughs> up my chewing. And I was like, do you want me to fucking go eat over there? Seriously? Like, is this what you're complaining about right now? And she's you like, consider that maybe you just chew really grossly? I think, okay, here's the thing. I think that it's the way that my mouth is set up because okay. like my teeth, I feel make almost like a suction off of each other because they fit together really well. When they're biting down, <laughs> Maybe that's I just the weirdest. Because hum- I have such a perfect smile, <laughs> the weirdest humble brag ever. <laughs> uh, but honestly, like, so when I have food in between, it makes like a kind of sound. Yeah, you do get a little bit of gum smack in there. Yeah, even when my mouth is shut, it's like. Yeah. Oh, all the listeners know you don't have to demonstrate. They've heard. Here it. we go. It's like. <laughs> Where'd my uh, book bag go? Did I leave it outside? I think you just left it somewhere in the street. I'm just Just ditched it somewhere. Left it with a trustworthy looking homeless person. You just said, can you hang on to this while I go do the podcast? That's what I leave most things with. That's right. So I find, I feel like even though we haven't done the podcast together in a couple of weeks, uh, media is consumed right now by two things Mm -hmm. and it's the Olympics and it's gun control. Neither of which are really very rich areas. Well, for and, us. and Black Panther, and Black Panther. That Black is kind Panther's of, a big one. That is the joyful <laughs> one. You saw it. You loved it. Yeah, yeah, I loved. It. I I liked it a lot. You were entertained. You were enjoyed yourself. I was entertained. Yeah, yeah. I felt. Uh, someone made a good point. They they said they didn't think that Black Panther was post criticism. They were like the Marvel movies are post criticism, but they're definitely their own thing that are that at least do a good. They're at least all good movies right? that aren't necessarily perfect, but they're you can't shit on any of them. Okay, but everything you just said is still the edgiest review I've ever heard of Black Panther. Yeah. Everyone oh, no. is going so far out of the way to show how woke they are by overselling this movie. I kind of think so, too. I'm, the more I hear about it, the more I'm like, oh, maybe there were some nuances that I didn't quite get. I have no doubt it's good, and I think it stands for something really yeah. uh, important, and I, I'm excited to see it. But, I, and this is this is probably not a hot take. Probably somebody else has this. Mm-hmm. And try not to take me out of context, because understand, I'm excited for this movie and mm-hmm. its success. But I almost wonder if it ever would have been reviewed poorly. Do you know what I mean? Oh, interesting. Like six months ago, I was like, that movie's going to be in the 90s on RT because you'd be a racist if you said otherwise. <laughs> well, is that the same with like Black Panther though? Or Black Panther, Black Lightning? Because I would well, shitty, Black... shitty review the shit out of that. But nobody else is. I know. It's insane. <laughs> so that's why, yeah, I know what you're saying then because that, from the first episode, not a good show. No. Black Panther, 
a good good movie. Really good. Yeah, that's good because I've I, we've talked a lot about the Marvel fatigue, and I've skipped yeah. the last several. Uh, Save I guess Homecoming, and I'm kind of over mm-hmm. it. So especially whereas this is an origin story, is it yes an origin story? Uh, no. Oh, okay. No, that's good. Well, I'm, I'm really sick of origin stories. I guess no, not really. Yeah, it's not really an origin story at all. Okay. Um, it is very good. I it's not without criticism for me but one of the criticisms is like a good criticism like i liked michael b jordan too much who i don't think i was supposed to like as much as the villain okay but sometimes it's okay to love a villain yeah that works a lot in superhero movies actually yeah Yeah, like it wasn't like joker level where you're like you you you're clearly rooting against him the whole time i felt kind of conflicted like i felt like he kind of deserved something oh interesting you know that's weird. Yeah, I don't know if a lot of people did, but... I don't know. I'll, I'm going to try and see it in a couple of days, because I haven't been to a movie since Phantom Thread, which is a long time for moi. <clears throat> yeah. And I saw Phantom Thread. I thought it was good. Maybe I liked it more than you. Uh, no, Maybe it was the first time I saw a full Daniel Day-Lewis performance, and it really impacted it, me. Yeah, you were like, wait, this guy's good. Yeah. Uh, did you know Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> and The Godfather are pretty good? <laughs> yes. Did you watch The Godfather Part 2 yet? No, I haven't had time. Oh, man. this I feel like this is just going to go on forever. There's going to be another six, 26 years. Six no. weeks of me asking if you saw <laughs> Godfather Part 2, and then I'm just going to stop. And eventually, two years from now, you'll tell me. Would it be wrong of me to watch it in like three separate installments? Because I know there's a value to watching a movie all at once, and generally I believe in that, but it's three and a half hours. Uh, oh, watching the second in three installments? Yeah. No, sit down and watch the whole thing. Uh, but where am I going to get three and a half hours? What do you mean? You, you probably... <laughs> what? There, was such, there was such genuine nature to that question. Yeah. What do you mean? What, what time do you get into work? Uh, well, I go in for noon. What time? Okay, con- what? contractually, but I've been going in like earlier and earlier constantly because I just keep getting brought in for stuff. Okay, you wake up at what time? Uh, seven thirty. You wake up at seven thirty. Right. You go to work for twelve. Yeah. What are you doing between seven thirty and twelve? I try to either do some creative writing or go to the gym. Okay. I try well, and make use of that time. Well, for one day, let yourself realize that <laughs> that creative writing could be inspired by watching a creative movie right such as the godfather one of the best movies of all time why are you trying to sell me on a movie i've already agreed to watch because you're trying to say you're not gonna find the time so i'm saying for one day bump your creative writing i don't want to do that you'll find the time it's more important to me Mm. i disagree (laughs) okay (laughs) i'm an artiste uh can you explain to me the significance of Scott Moore and Tessa Virtue and why they've become Canadian icons. Scott and Tessa? Yeah. Oh, man. Scott and Tessa, they've been huge for a while. No, no, no. No. Not to this degree. Not not to gore downy levels of fame. What's going on? You want to know what? It's funny because if you ask Jen, she would tell you that, you know, she knows more about Scott and Tessa than she ever did about Gord Downey. I understand, but you know what I mean. They've that I'm asking you this question says there's obviously been a step up, and I know they won gold this week. And that's I, really so cool. I didn't know that there's been a step up, but throughout like Jen and her friends, like Jen went to see Scott and Tessa at Stars on Ice when they came to Halifax. There's this whole narrative forming about like, are they actually in love? Are they not? Right. And I remember asking Jen that too, and she was like, "Well, they did date. Oh, now God. they don't. Oh, but no. they're." But they're friends, and they... And they have a lot of chemistry. 
Yeah. It would seem. Yeah, they're basically like, Jen said they did their risque move, and I was like, what, like they dry humped on the ice? No, but they were told not to do their risque move. Oh, what was their risque move? It's this thing where she straddles, she just sits on his shoulders, and apparently it's risque. Sits on his shoulders? Yeah, it's to the Moulin Rouge soundtrack, so it's basically porn. So like... and. Either way, the face is in like kind of a yeah, and so they had to modify it a little bit. <laughs> she couldn't be humping. It was, wow! So it wasn't even humping. It was just like it was deemed too scandalous for the Olympic Committee. Oh man, I wonder what I Tanya thinks about all this. <laughs> <laughs> what is your event? What have you been watching? I've honestly, I haven't been able to catch any of the hockey. I've been watching a lot of the snowboarding. A lot of the snowboarding tends to come on at like eight thirty at night. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I watched all the slope style quarterfinals and finals and I just, I recorded the uh, big air finals last night and I'm probably going to watch the big air or the big air qualifiers last night. I'm big air. That's where they go off a half pipe. They just do a a whirly gig or something. No, I did watch the half pipe though. The half pipe was also good. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, big air is basically just one, one ramp. Okay. One ramp. You just, Slope down, hit it, and... You're airborne uh, once, do something wild. Exactly. Impress me. Do it. A triple cork. Okay. We must be coming towards the end of the... Yeah, it's it's only two weeks long. Are we allowed to say Olympics? We are. (laughs) It always seems like it's like a month by the end of it. Yeah. It's only two weeks, but I think we're coming to the end of that. Yeah. And and that's good because that's the other thing is it's NBC has just been consumed. Mm -hmm. Talk shows have been down. Yeah. SNL has been down. This Is Us has been down. Although merger coming, Sterling King Brown is going to host SNL with musical guest James Bay in a couple weeks. Uh, Bill Hader's coming back to host SNL. Cool. And uh, who else? Charles Barkley, which is always kind of a bummer. Yeah, I'm like, why is Charles Barkley in that mix? This is probably like his fifth time. Bill Hader I'm excited about. I'm excited yeah. about his movie, or his show, sorry, on HBO. Barry, when is yeah. that? Do we know anything? The I, trailer's out. I think it's probably going to be right around Yeah. March, April. Yeah, I don't know if it's that soon. Oh, no? Maybe. I hope so. A lot of big shows, that, like Atlanta's starting up again soon. Yeah, that's getting a lot of attention. Yep. Excited uh, about that. And speaking of HBO, uh, I saw the trailer today for Judd Apatow's new Gary Shandling documentary. Oh, cool. He's made this movie about uh, the the zen of Gary Shandling, I think it's called. Cool. That looks kind of nice. Excellent. I've, I've, uh, I watched, speaking of Gary Shandling, in fact, I watched uh, Jerry Seinfeld Comedian, that documentary from like How was years that? ago. That was cool. You hear like comics talk about it a lot. Yeah. And it's interesting. You see a different side of Jerry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a little more insecure. He's a little less studious. He says the f word. Was this in? It was one that was out a while ago. It was out in like 2002. Oh, interesting. And it's basically about him trying to build a new hour after the sitcom. For okay. The first time. Right. And it's weird because like now when you hear Jerry, you can't imagine a time where he wasn't doing constant stand up. Right. But he wasn't there for like a decade. For a bit. And uh, yeah, he's rebuilding it in this documentary, and it's pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. Did you watch the latest Letterman special? Yes. What'd you think about it? Good. I mean, I thought Clooney is obviously very charming. It's kind of all just enjoyable, but it's not amazing. It's not, you know, it doesn't oh, feel know. like... <clears throat> what, what do you want from it for it to be amazing? I don't know. You, everyone was really excited about Letterman coming back, and, and it seems like... Kind of just seems like anyone could have done this interview. I guess, but it's nice to see Dave. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what you want from David Letterman. He hasn't been edgy 
no, pick I on know. his guests, David Letterman, in 20 years. No, not even necessarily pick on his guests, but it just seems like ah, the Trump era would have been a cool time to have him around. Oh, I see. And he's not really commenting on any of that. It's really just, hey, George Clooney, so you grew up in St. Louis and you were no, a good baseball it's, player. It's just about genuine interest. He doesn't have yeah. uh, anything to prove now. No, like, I know. He, he doesn't see it as his role to say this administration is backwards. <laughs> no, but you kind of just wish he would. I guess. I don't think there's any shortage of people doing that. No, I, yeah, not even be critical of Trump. Just be a little bit more letterminy. I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I have to disagree. I still find him incredibly winning. He's funny enough. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a real drop off in ratings for the Malala episode. People aren't going to watch that like they watched oh, the other yeah. ones. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to have to release that one last or something. No, it's next. It's next. Yeah. Hmm. Who else does he have? He's got Stern. Tina, That's going to be a good one. Tina Fey. That'll be a good one. Uh, and I think there's another one. I can't remember it right now, but maybe that's it. I thought there were six. Anyway, hmm. there's another one. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really enjoying them. I found I find Clooney, he's just so uh, natural, isn't he? He's like, yeah. I don't want to say regular because he he's not regular, is. but like when, when he and Dave are standing outside the car at In-N-Out Burger and they're mm-hmm. just like eating fries. <laughs> yeah. That is like a very stark contrast. <laughs> see, that that's what I want from Dave Letterman is that point that they used for the intro where they're standing outside and eating that burger. The manager coming out, giving them a milkshake for free, them kind of laughing, saying thank you. The manager going inside and Dave Letterman turning to uh, Clooney and saying, I noticed you didn't uh, reach, reach into your pocket for any gratuity. Right. And then it goes to the credits. And that's like what I want to see is him like just like teasing people, not like... I don't think Being he has mean. writers. I, I don't think he's interested in paying a staff of writers. Dave went through <laughs> yeah, this like right. really big, uh, uh, like moral conundrum mm-hmm. when he had to shut his show down and he had to like reckon with the fact that he was the cause of a lot of people losing their jobs. Right. And so like he doesn't want a lot of people to be reliant on him. Right. That was part of his retirement. Yeah. And so, I don't think he wants it to be like a big production. He's seventy. No. I just ho- hoped that he had that kind of natural talent. Well, I think that's naive. I think that he obviously has a charming personality and he's funny by nature, but mm-hmm. you just want him to spout off a sophisticated political monologue without writers? No, I'm not saying I wanted a sophisticated political monologue. I'm saying I wanted him to be kind of funny on the show. He is. Whereas he's more just kind of interviewing. Yeah, I think he's kind of funny. Kind of and funny. he t- asks interesting questions. He's all right, sweets. All right, let's not let's not give him the gold medal. I think you came over here with a were. chip on your shoulder tonight. You I feel like I do. You're all my, sleepy. Sh- and my like sugar, you- my sugar's dropping. I need something to stay in this. Maybe that's what it is. You just need to. <laughs> you're gonna pep yourself up with bitterness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Tambor officially fired from Transparent. Oh, didn't this hear a that. Long time coming. Yeah. You're just kind of like laying quiet for a couple of months, and then suddenly, yeah, we're gonna get rid of him. Right. Interestingly, not fired from Arrested Development. Yeah. I mean, everything kind of kind of came from transparent, didn't it? There were I no guess. complaints lodged on Arrested Development. Yeah, but often enough, you cut ties with you this person. Everything. Not because they're toxic on the set, but because they look bad. Right. You know? Yeah, definitely. Anyway, obviously he has a different relationship with all the people at Arrested Development. And I guess, I, don't, I shouldn't assume, but I guess they enjoy working with him because they keep having him back. Mm-hmm. And he was great on that show. 
I don't know. I don't know the nature of the accusations. I don't know. I wasn't in the room. Uh, probably something weird went on, but it's interesting that one of his two shows got rid of him, in which he was the t- titular character, and the other one, the ensemble show, is going to keep him <laughs> that, around. That could probably easily lose him. Oh, yeah. I guess he is the one with the fortune. and Yeah, you could figure out a way. In fact, Arrested Development's more in a position where they could sarcastically not put him in the show. Mm. They could wink at it. 100%. You know, and Transparent doesn't really have that that liberty. What if the sarcastic wink that Arrested Development could do if they did that on House of Cards for Kevin Spacey? I wanted them to do that. With a sarcastic wink? Like, I, I think we've talked about this. I, I, really th- I really thought for a second they should get Jeremy Irons or something mm-hmm. to, to play Frank Underwood and just have him at the beginning of no. the episode look at the, uh, look at the camera and say, <laughs> we all know this is ridiculous. And then just go back <laughs> right. into the show or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that Frank Underwood, again, a rare opportunity where you could actually make it work. What if they actually had Ron Howard be like, Frank Underwood <laughs> didn't make out so well. <laughs> uh, Wouldn't that be great? I'm going to be the one in power. He wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, hey, <laughs> that would House, be perfect. Speaking of House of Cards, uh, Reg Cathy, who played Freddy on House of Cards, died last week. He's 50, yeah. 59 years old. Heart attack or? I think it was lung cancer. Oh, man. That's too bad. He's Bummer. like character actor been around for a long time. Yeah. We remember him as Freddy and House of Cards, the rib man. Made, made me want ribs like crazy. Totally. And then he became the groundskeeper that Frank told to screw off, basically. Or he think, basically I, told Frank to screw off. I think he told Frank to go F himself. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like the one time you saw Frank really be hurt. Yeah, but then Freddie like left the show. It's not like he really won in the end. He got he got to tell Frank that he was an asshole, but like then he just went back to being poor and not having a rib joint. Oh yeah, no, it wasn't it wasn't like a positive moment for anything. Yeah, Frank that's, was that's a stupid show. Wasn't that he had the one up? <laughs> I'm over that show. Screw that show. Uh, so we've talked a lot about Disney's uh, streaming service that they're launching. Hopefully yeah. soon. I guess it's supposed to be sometime in 2018. Mm-hmm. We don't even really know anything about it at this point. Um, except for that they're going to put content on it, including original content. And now we know they are, again, going to reboot the Muppets with a new Muppet series or film series mm-hmm. that will be solely available on Disney's private streaming service. Mm-hmm. So what can we do this time around to make the Muppets work for everybody? Because I was one of the rare fans of that sitcom they had on ABC a couple of years ago. Yes. Didn't work for everybody. That movie with Jason Siegel was pretty good, but then the sequel was bad. But was Jason Siegel involved? Was no. it a sequel? Okay. So I, I say we just let Jason Siegel, like, in order for it to be successful, have the passion of Siegel. I don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't think it's going to either. No. I'm just saying that perfect world, blue skying, that's what it would take to be good. I don't know. I, I like to think that there's something within the characters of the Muppets that's salvageable. Somebody said on Reddit today that maybe the solution is to focus less on the sex lives of the Muppets. Like the main <laughs> timeline, for some reason, the main storyline in the Muppets is our Kermit and Piggy together right now. And I don't care so much about that. Let them have an adventure. Let them put on a show. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, maybe it doesn't have to be a variety or like a uh, mockumentary style thing. Yeah. It doesn't Although have to I be a variety show or a mockumentary. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it just needs to be like a, 
just like a seven part series. Okay. <clears throat> a mini series. Yeah, like a mini series where where they're like <laughs> tackling one episode. Like... Nominated for lead actor in a limited series. <laughs> <laughs> essentially fuzzy bear essentially a mini series like it would be like the end of the fucking world starring the muppets i like it you, you want know? to see like an r-rated muppets is that what you're talking about no i just mean like a, a seven part 20 minute series yeah I think fly through people would think was amazing basically a long form movie they're always going to do they're always going to go one too far they're always going to go until they shouldn't have gone that far Mm-hmm. They're always going to make another movie that wasn't good anymore. These are the parts of the Caribbean people. Right. I was just thinking, like, what could you seriously be saying about the Muppets right now that started with, they're always going to. Like, they're always going to have Kermit. They're always going to have <laughs> Miss Piggy just kind of trying for his love and not quite getting it. Like, these are always the things. I really thought that's where you are going to Kermit be. is a highly depressive character, isn't he? Like, Kermit... Kermit has it all. Like, if you look at Kermit, he is the star of the show. Yeah. Everybody loves and admires him. They mm-hmm. ask him for advice. He's right. the star. Piggy adores him. Fozzie adores him. Mm-hmm. And Kermit is always just, like, in an okay mood. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. <laughs> he's just, like, barely tolerating. Like, he's very, very like, patient and sweet, but he's, like, kind of disappointed all the time. Yeah, except when he's introducing someone. And they're here. <laughs> That's the only time he should just always be introducing someone. He hasn't done that in years. Oh yeah, it's been a long time since he introduced Woody Guthrie. <laughs> Woody Guthrie? I don't know. Somebody like that. Okay. Have you watched uh, the Joel McHale show with Joel McHale? No, I have not. That's good. What do you think? That's good. I don't know how much I love Joel McHale. I like Joel McHale. He's he's good. I mean, I I just don't like a uh, uh, sarcastic guy. He's a bit of a kinda... one-trick pony. He's yeah. a he's he's a bit of a deliberate asshole. And that's sure. what Winger was. Yeah, Winger was was just him. Winger was just Joel McHale. Yeah, uh, he's good at talking really quickly. Right. To be clear, the new show is just the soup. Right. And I didn't realize that. Like Netflix I kind of thought he was going to get like a late night talk show on Netflix. It's just the soup. It's right. just him in front of a green screen replaying clips from this week on reality TV. Yep. Which is good. I mean, that's. It has a following. And I thought the first episode was really good. I thought it was really funny. And it had some good lines. I think it'll have more of a following than maybe The Soup did. Maybe. The Soup was pretty niche. The platform is just huge. Well, and like The Soup evolved over time too. Yeah. From like, like what was Talk Soup? How was that different? I have no idea. I don't even know what Talk Soup was. Yeah, like The Soup <clears> was, <throat> like it didn't originate with, with Joel McHale. No. It was an evolution of Talk Soup, which I think was hosted by Greg Kinnear for a time. Among, oh, wow. among other people interesting kind of interesting anyway it's pretty good it's probably like not my new favorite thing like somebody at work came up to me the astro- the other day and when asked are you watching joel mchale and i thought that was a weird phrasing because oh, right it's only had one episode yeah uh, oh it's so it's a weekly yeah it's sundays okay yeah yeah i guess that makes sense yep it's kind of cool mm-hmm. the other thing uh becky and i binge watched recently is the new netflix season of queer eye Oh, I didn't know that was the thing. Yeah, so Queer Eye is back. It's okay. just called Queer Eye now. Okay. They got a whole new team of coaches. Okay. And I never watched the other one. I never. I don't know if it was like, I think the idea was it was kind of like tacky, kind of catty. Mm-hmm. This is the opposite of that. This is just like the, the warmest feel-good show on television. Well, I, I think that was, I mean, they were definitely overtly gay. 
Oh, these guys are too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, they're just like, they're just like the, the kindest people. It's a show about, like it's a makeover show, right? So right. they give you a new wardrobe, yep. give you a haircut, yep. decorate your apartment. Hmm. But it's really about making over your confidence. And so like at the end of it, they just have like formed this beautiful friendship with this unlikely new friend who like has a new lease on life and it just makes you feel amazing. At oh, point. really? Yeah. Wow. That's good. I, I, and I don't know. Yeah. I think that was, that was basically the format, but yeah, maybe they might've been like, Oh, you got to get rid of this. Like, yeah. The, no, there's some of that too. Like they'll go into yeah. somebody's closet and be like, Whoa, honey. Right. But, <laughs> but it's very, not, it's not mean spirited at all. No, it's very nice. I think that's kind of in keeping, but probably just with new people. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. To be honest, I, I never watched the original show. Maybe mm. I should go back and check it out. But like, we just kind of put it on for something to watch. Yeah. We were hooked right away. We were like, oh, really? oh my God, which life coach am I? And like, <laughs> it was it was great. Wow. Okay. It was a joy to watch. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll check it out. I didn't even know that this existed. Yep. It's on Netflix. It's very stylish. It's very nicely put together. Quick little watches. A show that I didn't know that I was going to get into at all that I've been binging for the last week is a Canadian show called Letterkenny, which is popular here. Can you give me cliff notes on what this show is? It's basically, so it started out as a a web series with this Canadian actor, um, Jacob Kiso, and he started a whole... YouTube thing that was basically Letterkenny is a fictional town based on the town in Ontario where he's from. And it was kind of just like a farmer um, dishing out problems okay. to to the camera in front of him. like, oh. And it was like, you know, kind of fast talking, quick moving. So is it a narrative show? It No. It's like it, a talk show. No, it's actually, so that's, that's what it was based on. So they kind of like evolved from there and grew characters out of all of these kind of talking heads to the camera and so there's three hicks that like work on a farm Mm -hmm. there's two like hardcore hockey guys that date the sister of one of the hicks both of them date the sister of one of the hicks (laughs) and then there's like a town like five or six like meth head skids Okay. And those are the three main scenes in Letterkenny. But oh. there's a through line throughout the entire series. How they run together. So there's these three friends, the two hockey guys. Yeah, and there's all this intermingling. Okay. And it's basically just about a small town. The, every every episode opens up with, there are 5,000 people in Letterkenny. These are their problems. Have Oh, okay. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, that sounds law and order-esque. <laughs> a little bit. In like a and, and it way. always starts with Wayne, who's the farmer, and he's like, so you're torn with your pals the other day. <laughs> and it just, the it's the opening scene where they start talking about something and it kind of cues up the whole episode. Right. But it's not cheesy. Well, I assume the comedic sensibility is nothing like Corner Gas. No. But Corner Gas is also about a Canadian small town. That's right. And And I was listening to a podcast where people were saying, you know, people on the East Coast often refer to it as like, uh, kind of a trailer park boys thing and people on the west coast often refer to it as a corner gas thing but it's really neither of them right like, it's, it's not is it trashy like like those no shows? they're not no. trashy i don't find it at corner all gas wasn't trashy i guess no i don't think corner and i don't think i don't think that trailer park boys is really trashy you I mean don't, it's I don't about mean, like i don't mean kardashian trashy trashy. people i mean it's about trashy people uh a little bit yeah. there's a little bit of that but it's just very like it feels very authentically Canadian when you watch it. That's good. Yeah, like it's a show that if I was abroad, I could show someone and think it was really... Like someone made a joke about Eastside Mario's in it the other day. Cool. Like it's that kind of kind of show where it's it's kind of close to home. But Does it have any kind of American following? 
I'm sure it does. Okay. I'm sure it does. And, but here's the thing. It's only on Crave TV. Yeah. Which is a, an offshoot of Bell. Like it's owned by Bell Media Network. It so. is. And that's where you can get a lot of HBO shows in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't know how uh, well it's HBO? followed. But, Hulu. But there's only six episodes. Hulu? I think it's Hulu where you get all the Crave stuff. Anyway. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but... Anyway, there's six episodes every season. There's only four seasons. Okay. So it's super easy to get through. And there are just... So you must have seen them all. I'm on the the last episode of the last season right right now. And I think they have a couple like... Anyway, I've just been like digging in trying to figure out how they started this show. And I'm so curious about it now. Okay. Because it seems so so possible. Like so much more within reach because it's just a bunch of Canadian guys that made this show. Within reach to make your own show, you mean? Well... I just, no, that's, I guess that's not really what I mean. It's just so, so close to you. Right. You're like, oh my God, the, like this show that I'm becoming really obsessed with was filmed like a short plane ride away mm-hmm. in Ontario. And these guys that like, whose show I feel like quoting all the time, because yeah. there's so many, that's the beauty of the show is there's so many quotable lines. By the end of an episode, there's something that's kind of been like drilled home at you. Mm. So many, like a line or something that's been reiterated throughout the whole show that okay. it kind of becomes a, a, a quote, meme. a meme a yeah. little bit. And it's funny cause these people have been on like Canadian shows before. Like one of them was, uh, 19 which was like a canceled CTV show. Oh, I've never heard of that. <laughs> it's just a bunch of shows like that. Okay. Anyway, they're, the writing on it is amazing. Jonathan Torrens actually did a little bit of writing on it. Okay. And he's like, bang on when I was like 18 or 19, this guy, these two guys I went to high school with decided that they wanted to write. They wanted to like exec a new, like kind of off the wall comedy for like the CBC. Oh God. I love <clears> a la, yeah. Like corner grass or Shits Creek or something. And it was supposed to be like a bumbling cop show. So okay. they got together a bunch of people who might be decent for a writer's room of like 17 year old, 18 year old, 19 year old people. And they got me in there. I did it one time and it didn't go very far. No, <laughs> but it was like fun. It was, it was fun to talk about Canadiana in like a farcical kind of way. Really? So so did they produce an episode? Like did no. they did they make like a pilot episode? I'm not even right? sure they wrote the pilot. Like <laughs> they we, just got I went off. to one day. Was it your friends? No. It was just guys that were like, "Hey, he might know." Friends of friends of friends. I just okay. like got a message and they're like, "Do you want to come write on this?" And I was cuz they thought it was going to be a thing. Right. And I was like, "Yeah." And then sure. Didn't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you find that you actually kind of like stayed on task at all? Uh no, like I said, I was not involved in this. Oh, I just okay. was like invited to be involved in it and I checked it out for a time and then it didn't go anywhere. Right. But what I'm saying is anybody can write something. If you mm-hmm. have if you have uh, a vision for something or if you just want to like play around, mm-hmm. you can get script writing software. I have written three feature films and a television pilot, <laughs> j- which will never be turned into anything. Right. But it's joyful to write that stuff because I have an interest in, in on-screen... Uh, performance theater yeah i mean yeah i I don't think what's interesting to me is the fact that it just seems like you know they're just from small town ontario making this big show yeah and to me that's kind of i maybe i would have the same feeling if i actually watched the trailer park boys but trailer park boys is is a similar thing that was an unprecedented success yeah there's no reason that got as big as it did totally and you can go anywhere in the world and someone will bring that show up (laughs) They're friends with Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Like, that's nuts. Yeah, that is pretty insane. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson is co-writing a family-friendly script. 
with his eight-year-old daughter. Oh, fun. <laughs> that is kind of fun. Maya Rudolph's daughter, that's too. That's right. That's correct. Could be kind of funny. Isn't that kind of weird? Like, that's not something that's ever been done. Did you watch the second season of The Good Place yet? No. Ugh, you gotta get on it. It'll be easier when it's on Netflix. Otherwise, oh, I gotta, it's not I on gotta Netflix. download them all right. and everything. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, when's that gonna happen then? Uh, probably not for a little while. Why don't they just do it right away? Oh, because they think people wouldn't get cable because... Yeah, it's a licensing thing. Right. It belongs to a network. Until it doesn't. Until the DVD comes out, probably. Or like right. when the DVD would have come out. Right. Speaking of Kristen Bell, though, I've started listening to Dax Shepard's podcast. Oh, wow, I didn't know that existed. He just invented it. He's like four episodes in. Okay. They're kind of good. He's kind of good. Yeah. He's not very good at letting people finish their story. He always wants to interject and talk. Yeah. But he Who, gets good guests. Who's he had on? Uh, Ashton Kutcher was his first guest. Wow. Uh, that's they kind of relive the punked glory days. Oh sure, yeah. Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel this week. Whoa, yeah, a few a few people. Very cool, big peeps. I started listening to Kristen Bell, although I think that was an easy get for him. Right. I started listening to an episode of uh, Adam Scott and Scott Ackerman's new podcast the today. R-E-M Have one? you heard about this? The are are you talking REM? So R-E me. The last one was called you talking you two to me. This right. one is called. Are you talking R-E-M, re-me? <laughs> and it's just so dumb. Like, I was so giddy and disappointed while listening to the first, like, 10 minutes of it because it's that. It's g- giddy disappointment where they're barely they, – I don't even think they're going to talk about R-E-M. There's a whole thing in Parks and Rec where Ben Wyatt is a big R-E-M fan. Oh, really? Which I'm sure is extracted from Adam Scott. Yeah, like there's they're at like a high school dance or something for whatever reason. Yeah. And he's like – it's supposed to be a 90s theme dance, and he's like really unimpressed because the DJ only has automatic for the people. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a band I've never really connected with that much. Yeah, I I don't I mean like the obvious ones, but they're weird songs. I don't even think the obvious ones. Like I think like what's the frequency, Kenneth, is probably the the best song to me. Really? That I've heard. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that many REM songs. I know like yeah. obviously everybody hurts and yeah, but like don't you hear that song and like isn't there a part of you that's like this song's dope? Isn't there a part of you that loves that song or well, losing my religion? Or the what? one I love, Man in the Moon, is an amazing song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they are good. So, like, I always sing along with. It. I never change the channel. No, everybody hurts. Sure, yeah. Like, everybody hurts is a great song. Yeah, you, yeah, you're right. Maybe our religion is sweet. Should I do a deep dive on REM? Yeah, and try to become an REM fan. You probably should. REM's cool. Yeah, well, they're kind of like they're kind of like the American bare naked ladies. A little less silly, right? But like, there's just like a weird alternative nature to them. Yeah, and they're oddly poetic every now and then. I kind of did that deep dive with Dave Matthews like ten years ago, and I was, yeah. I was happy about it. That's I'm right. like a d- big Dave Matthews fan now. You can't say that in all company. Uh, no, some but I people, feel like... Some I, people will give you a hard time for liking Dave Matthews. I, I will. Like, oh, oh, I wouldn't be worried about people giving me a hard time. Fuck them. I agree. I mean, who cares? Like what you like. Yeah. But you understand he's one of those weirdly polarizing artists. Sure, yeah. People are like, oh, okay, you're super... You're such a Here's bro. You're hacky sack, bro. Yeah. 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 Whatever. I'm over it. Why are we making fun of people for liking things, Slaney? I don't know. I don't even think Do it's really that happening that much anymore. It's not. It's not. I feel like that era is kind of over. Exactly. It's over. We've moved on. Okay. Uh, Paul King directed the Paddington movies, Paddington Bear movies. Mm-hmm. 
The second one is like the highest ranked movie <laughs> in Rotten Tomatoes history. People are freaking out. Uh, well, also, why are why is their highest rated thing in Rotten Tomatoes history every week now? Well, it's kind of like when the oldest person in the world dies. They can't be up there for very long. Right. Right. Gotcha. Um, just statistically, it can't last. But it's got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. No one's ever reviewed Paddington <laughs> 2 poorly, which is how incredible. Did, how did the first movie do? Like Pretty well. I don't even really remember it. I didn't watch it. Like I don't remember it coming out, but the yeah. second one is apparently amazing. But it's not like moving the needle commercially. Not yeah. around here. Maybe it is in the UK. Okay. But it's just doing incredibly well, and people are going to see the, emo- the Emoji movie instead. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the director, this guy Paul King has signed on to do two movies, both of them reboots. One of them is the live-action Disney Pinocchio. Wow. So the live-action movies for all these different movies. Remember they did, like, a live-action Pinocchio when we were kids? I don't remember who was in it, but, like, I can still picture Pinocchio, and it was creepy AF. I think Jonathan Taylor Thomas might have been. I was going to say, was it Jonathan Taylor Thomas? It might have been. I think it was, because yeah. that was the first name that popped in my mind. It was, like, mind. a horrendous movie. Wow, I didn't see it. Yeah, it was bad. Or maybe I did see it. Anyway, so they're remember. doing that again. They're doing a real live action, which is like scary because like, who oh, knows? Oh, man. And this time, uh, JTT can be like the, what's, what's the, the guy's name? It's like Giuseppe or something. Geppetto. Geppetto. Yes. Why, why couldn't I come up with come, Geppetto? He should come back and play Geppetto. Yeah. Now that he's what 39, a, he should come a, back and play Force majeure. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, and so this guy, Paul King, is also uh, very likely going to do the Willy Wonka reboot. Yes, they're doing another Willy Wonka movie. Oh, my God, man. They have a 50% gotta... success rate making these movies, these Willy Wonka movies. <laughs> I don't know why they want to torch the ratio. Why do they keep doing these movies, yeah. these Willy Wonka movies? <laughs> Too much? Wow. Yeah. That's disappointing. What can they do with Willy Wonka now? Like, movies have changed even since the Johnny Depp, Tim Burton, Willy Wonka. What can they do differently that's going to... Because a really big thing about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory... I mean, it's so fucking weird. It's so weird, but like... Like, part of what makes it a great film is how campy and kind of cheap it looks and like yeah and but and tim burton made it like quintessentially tim burton so if yeah. you like want to watch a tim burton movie i guess that's what you you can go for it right but, but the the original is like it, it has a little bit more lightheartedness it does but i can also remember when the johnny depp version came out people would say no this actually got it right because willy wonka is actually kind of creepy in this <sighs> movie and he's creepy in the book if you watch the Gene Wilder Willy Wonka, he's creepy it's AF. Creepy. He's bizarre in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Basically enslaved a race to help him make chocolate. He did. He killed a bunch of children when he invited them to his factory, all because they stole like penny candy. That is true. Is and he's really not nuts. He's not like sorry about killing no, any of he them. He did the right thing. Yeah. According to the morals of the film. <laughs> right. He rid yeah. the world of their dangers. And Charlie. Charlie, who also was as criminal as them by stealing fizzy lifting drinks, yeah. gave the gobstopper back, so he gets the factory. It's very Old Testament. Yeah, <laughs> yeah kind of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Great really? Joe, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just hops out of bed yeah. as soon as he, like, hey, Grandpa, you, do you want to come? What do the other three grandparents think while lying in bed? Hey, crisscross grand, applesauce. Grandparent of my four living grandparents, who's <laughs> clearly and obviously my favorite. Yeah. You want to come in this greatest experience of my life while everyone else sits here with their bed sores, getting spoon-fed hot water from? And he's a, like, "Hot diggity, I'm alive!" <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do a choreographed musical number, even yeah. though I've been sitting in this bed for the last 
30 years right well my daughter works 14 hours a day to take care of us honestly let's not invite the daughter what a piece of shit (laughs) well to be fair though i think he gave charlie the money to buy the chocolate bar Mm. so it's kind of like if if i were to buy you a coffee and you were to win roll up the rim what obligation do you have to share your prize with me so if my grandma gives me Two bucks to go get myself a coffee, mm-hmm. like a good little boy. Right, and you won the five thousand uh, dollar Visa gift card. Yep, I take her on the shopping spree with me. You give her half she of that backflips money. out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got a golden ticket. <laughs> yeah, I think this is our sequel. I think we got to call it Paul King. Speaking- you got to do the movie <laughs> where Charlie calls or everyone else calls Grandpa Joe on his shit. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> uh, That's the movie people want to see. And uh, another reboot I didn't know was happening. Have you heard about Cobra Kai? No. <laughs> Do you know where I'm going with this? Yes. <laughs> Is there going to be like a Cobra Kai origin okay, story? So or when, like I, a... when I heard, no, it's better. When I heard about this, Is it going to be like Pikachu. Uh, I was kind of. It's kind of as ridiculous. I was so sure this was a funnier die sketch. Because Ralph Macchio's done funnier die sketches where mm-hmm. he seems to be able to make fun of himself. Right. It's not. It's a real movie. It's actually a show. It's going to be a TV series. So we can do it on the podcast. Amazing. Starring Ralph Macchio <laughs> as Daniel's son. And starring Billy Zapka as Johnny Lawrence. Okay. Johnny, Johnny Lawrence, is that his name? Is he the guy from Johnny? the Cobra Kai? Yeah. Okay. They're still rivals. <laughs> <laughs> except they're in their 40s or 50s and they wear like costco khakis and they're starting up the dojo again and this uh, is a real tv show that's but being made are they doing it together or no they're still rivals okay <laughs> wow that is amazing yeah i don't know if you've ever seen like karate kid 3 with hillary swank is Hilary Swank in it? She was maybe she's four. She was the Karate Kid at one point. I just tuned into like a random Karate Kid the other day. It wasn't the first one, yeah. and it was so disappointing. Karate Kid and Two amazing. is very similar to Godfather Two in that a huge portion of it takes place in like another country. <laughs> maybe it was Karate Kid Two. Yeah. Did did that have a decent following at all? Or I think it's kind of like many trilogies, yeah. or they just get decreasingly worse. The first one's amazing; they get decreasingly worse. Yikes! Or increasingly worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're gonna, they're gonna keep it going. I love it. Me too. We got to do it on the podcast when it happens. Cobra There's Kai. a trailer and everything. Oh man, can we have a countdown to Cobra Guy running at the beginning of every episode? <laughs> <laughs> Give an estimated amount of time until Listen this show might come out. Countdown to Cobra Kai. Perfect. Uh, we'll do our first live episode. Of yeah. The Cobra Kai <laughs> <premiere>. <laughs> oh man, let's build this up. So Christopher Nolan came out and announced officially once and for all, no, I'm not directing Bond 25. Stop asking me. Oh, I didn't know that was a rumor. Well, only because he has previously kind of flirted with the idea of doing a James Bond trilogy. He had said, look, I'm only doing James Bond if they give me three. Right. And it's going to be, that's it. Because he loves trilogies, right? Um, He said, I'm not doing it. I don't know if he's just fallen out of love with that idea. I think it's probably for the best. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Danny Boyle might in fact do Bond 25. Interesting. What? Action movies has he done? I guess Life of Pi? Did he do Life of Pi? No, that was uh Ang Lee did did uh, Life of Pi. Oh, okay. Danny, Danny Boyle, Boyle did Slumdog Millionaire, which right. is kind of an action movie at times. Right. Uh oh, and Train Spotting. Train Spotting. Yeah. Hmm. Which isn't really an action movie either. 
No, but there's like running. <laughs> I was gonna say that's basically the the most actionable part of the movie. Yeah. I think is like running, there's running, and there's traffic. trains, which is also true of Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah, true. It's not true of Steve Jobs. He's got a thing. Or uh, or uh, 127 hours. That's not an action movie, but there's running no. in it. There's definitely some running. And there's a sudden stop to the running. Well, it was biking. Was it biking? No, he wasn't. Yeah, it was. He was a mountain climber. No, he's biking through the... Well, he might be a mountain climber too, but he was biking when he fell into the... I have to take your word for it. I didn't thing. see it. Oh, yeah. yeah. You wouldn't be able to watch that. No, it's pretty gruesome. Yeah. It's too bad because like, I otherwise would like to see that movie. It was just okay. Really? It wasn't... It was like it was a Best Picture nominee that year and it shouldn't have been. Do you kind of feel like looking back at previous years, like the movies that were considered the best movies were not that great? Yeah. That's one. Yeah. That's one for sure. There's a lot of movies. I mean, Crash. We talked about Crash with somebody at work the other day. Like, yeah. Crash was objectively not that good. Right. It was fine. It was like a, an okay watch. Yeah. I guess one time over. But it's like- I American, only watched it one time. It's American History X light. It wasn't, it wasn't that special. Right. Yeah. It wasn't that special. I actually heard somebody talking, just kind of like postulating on a podcast. I forget, it might have been Bill Simmons, actually, talking about how it would be really interesting if we could go back to the beginning. <laughs> right. Like, before Oscars like kind of took this form. And what if we had the Oscars every year, but the nominees were movies from five years ago? Five years ago. ago. Yeah, he always talks about that. That's a brilliant premise. Yeah. Like, like if this year at the the 2018 Oscars, we're awarding the best movies of 2013. Mm -hmm. And so you look back at the big movies of 2013 and you decide, like, what actually has an impactful presence in your mind? What were the movies of 2013? Uh, Okay, let let me really quickly Google biggest movies. Tell me the nominees. I'll pick, I'll pick what I think should have been the winner. Most popular movies of 2013. All right. Oh, not uh, even nominees. Most popular. Well, I figure most popular is kind of important, right? Because like the, the movies you're going to remember. Sure, yeah. Uh, number one in here, Gravity. Okay. Rush with Chris Hemsworth is second. Remember that? Where he's like a race car driver? Oh, yeah. The Hobbit, Desolation of Smaug. Prisoners. Prisoners is kind of a movie with Hugh Jackman uh-huh. where people look back and go, man, that movie should have gotten nominated for something. Really? It was so out there. Okay. Never saw it. Man of Steel. Give me a break. <sighs> Thor, The Dark World. World War Z. Yeah, it's kind of different. Pacific Rim. Insidious. Iron Man 3. Uh, Lee Daniels, The Butler. Hunger Games. See, these are kind of blockbustery. That's the, right. only, that's yeah. the only flaw with this theory. Okay. Well, now, now tell me the nominee. At least... Maybe we could pick the the nominee that I okay. think should have won. 2013 Best Picture nominees. Silver Linings Playbook. Okay. Amour. Remember Amour? It was a French-speaking movie that got nominated for Best Picture. Uh, I don't. Uh, okay. Django Unchained. Okay. Zero Dark Thirty. Lincoln. Life of Pi. Argo. Les Miserables. And Beasts of the Southern Wild. That was a big year. That was a big year. So I know... I think Argo won Best Picture. I think Argo did win Best Picture. kind of outrageous, right? Like, yeah. Argo is good, but like, over some of these movies? Over Zero Dark Thirty or Django Unchained? I was going to say, those seem like the kind of the kind of like heaviest hitting ones there. They're the ones that are, people are still going to be talking about in a couple of years. Yeah. Like, I mean, Django Unchained is a classic. Are people still talking about Argo, Fuck Yourself? Um, no, I don't think so. Even Les Mis, like Les Mis was like the biggest deal. Yeah. Nobody even remembers that movie happened. No. Cause it's like, I mean, it's a musical. It was like a, a, a musical that they just remade and put 
they did a really nice job of making this thing, but the thing was totally. written a long time ago. Yeah. The songs were written a long time ago. Totally. It'd be hard to give a best picture to I tend a movie to think like so. that. Anyway, that's that's all the the news for this week. Huh. Let's talk shows. All right. We're late getting to it, actually. I know. How, how long have we recorded so far? Uh, Like 47 minutes. Okay, that's good, because I, I think for one of the shows, we're only going to get like five minutes yeah, of talk We're not going to get a whole lot to say. No. Uh, I'm going to start, and okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with, with Everything Sucks. Oh, God. I know. I had to do that, you realize. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the episode itself isn't much longer than 30 seconds, so see if I can actually squeeze it all in. All right. Everything gonna... Sucks, the new Netflix show about high school. I'm going to recap the pilot episode, which came out on Friday. In three, two, one. It's a brand new school year at Boring High in Oregon. Uh, Luke and his friends in the AV club uh, are running the school morning news show. Uh, Luke develops this kind of crush on this girl, Kate, who's having a hard time working her camera on the morning show. So he invites her over to his house to show her how it works, where she learns that his dad was kind of an AV prodigy. Uh, he uh, shows her uh, all these tapes that he has and all this weird gear. She snags a porno magazine and goes home and kind of uses it to explore her potential lesbianism. Yeah. Didn't really do it justice. I would say that's... It didn't include the fact that it was set in the 90s. <laughs> include that. <laughs> you didn't include the fact that Luke made an entire huge music video to That's ask. episode two. That's episode two? Okay, yeah. I did watch episode two yeah. as well, so... That might be where That's the I'm thing. Confused. Not a lot happens. He really just has her over to his house and his friends get excited that like, wow, Luke practically has a date with a girl. Right. And so the season, which I've watched the whole thing, yeah. you know, it kind of further explores how these two, like she clearly does not like him as much as he likes her. Yeah. But it's about friends and it's about how everything sucks. I know. I like it and I'm going to watch it. Yeah. And I think... I think it's kind of brutal too. <laughs> like yeah. It's just one of those things where I understand, you know, as soon as I got to this scene and maybe it's in the second episode where Kate and Luke are sitting on the bed mm. and they're listening to the Columbia house, uh, Oasis thing. Yeah. And she, she declares to him like, you know, uh, I'm going through kind of a shit time right now, but this song's kind of saving my life. <laughs> it's Wonderwall. <laughs> to be fair, that's perfect. Because that's how people talk when they're in high school. And it was Wonderwall, which probably was Nirvana to I people know. In, the, in the 90s. I know. I, know. I, I couldn't help but notice in the first episode they used Don't Look Back in Anger. And then five minutes into the second episode, they used Wonderwall. I know. I was like, are you already running out of <laughs> 90s songs? I thought Don't Look Back in Anger kind of would have been a cooler song it to, was a to cooler like, song. focus on. And they had lots of cool music in the show. They did. I thought, some Space Hog. Yeah, I mean, like the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, yeah, Verve Pipe. Like they had, you and I were talking a little bit about how they couldn't go full <clears throat> alt. But right. there's lots of great pop alts from the 90s. Mm-hmm. We know that because we work on a radio station that plays some of it. Yep. Um, plus... Where is the line? Like, at what point are you doing a parody of the 70s? Like, right. or, the, or the 90s? Like, 70s show was a parody of the 70s, but there are lots of things that are made that are set in the 70s that aren't. Mm-hmm. Same with this. And it's kind of a parody of the 90s, whereas Freaks and Geeks was, was not a parody of the 80s. It just happened to be set there. I don't know if it's... Do you think it's supposed to be kind of a parody? A little bit. And I think maybe that's what it was a little bit uh, confused about. Because, like, with the way they... Like, you know how Clueless kind of feels like a parody of the 90s, even though it was yes. in the 90s? Yeah. Like, it's just, like, really leaning into some of the... I feel like that's more accidental, though. Or maybe they're I just kind of... For example, you think they're... opening scene of Everything Sucks, <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, McQuaid and Tyler are arguing over whether or not the new Star Wars movies are going to be good. Right. Like, that is... 
we're trying to we're trying so desperately to establish our setting. Right. And they do that a lot in the first little bit. And then I heard that it really hits its stride. But I enjoyed watching the first two episodes. No, listen. Like, it never even occurred to me people might not like it. Because yeah. I had such a sweet, lovely time watching it. We okay. watched all ten episodes in the weekend. Right. Um, but then in reading the Rotten Tomato reviews, I kind of get it. Like, how it. it's, it's, it's sitting at 68%. Like, it's largely right. favorable. But it's... It's fair to say it leans a little heavily on coming-of-age tropes. It does. Yeah. Although I would argue that the stuff about Kate's sexuality is pretty fresh. I was thinking Especially that, too. Especially how young she is. Totally. I was thinking that. That that caught me a little off-guard in the first right. episode. I didn't think that that was... Uh, I thought it would have been cheesier if she wasn't. Like when Pretty Little Liars like does, man, it's tough being 15 and being a lesbian. She's 22. Yeah. And, and beautiful. Right. But like this actress, that's the other thing I loved about this show is the actors are the age that they're playing. Like oh, that really? actor's 14 and she looks it. Yeah. Kate Messner. And her, she, her dad is the principal who's just the the most like. Who's in the second, <laughs> is it the second episode where he's having the worst day ever or is it the first episode? I think it's the first episode. The first episode where, yeah. His, Kate basically tells him, stop talking to me at school. Yeah. And his teacher friend talks to him and says, listen, we're not a thing. She was very mean. She's so like, mean. They were clearly hooking I'm up. I'm not attracted to and you. And suddenly she's just like very mean to him. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, he's very nice. And he's like trying to be, be cool with all the students too. Well, so Man, I, I think, rough. I think he's the best example of why this show is different <clears throat> from Freaks and Geeks. Cause Freaks and Geeks tried to paint the stark distinction between generations. Right. They tried to show you like, this is what it's like to be in high school. You sympathize with these high schooler people cause everything sucks. Right. Uh, but the adults don't get it. Parents just don't understand. Mm. And the, the, the dad in Freaks and Geeks was so much like Red Foreman. Yeah. It was a little bit like that for sure. You know, um, Whereas the the parents in Everything Sucks are very sympathetic and sweet. They are, they're very they? caring. They don't always get it. Luke's but <laughs> they're trying a little bit harder to illustrate that whether you're in high school or not, whether you're struggling with this or that, yeah. everything sucks. Why is Luke so mature? Like he's talking to his mom being like, and also there's this girl that I really <laughs> like. And he's like, and I might ask her out. And she's like, well, I think that you could do that. Because they're I, that close. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. They have a relationship we can't possibly understand. <laughs> That's probably true. If they were to do a show in a couple of years, mm-hmm. 10 years, set in uh, high school in the 2000s, which is when you and I went to high school. Yes. What would be the essential items? What songs, what styles, what storylines have to be included? Okay, coming in hot. Opening scene, schoolyard. It's apple like a, bottom jeans, boots with the fur. Yeah, it's like a Ford Ranger pulling in, <laughs> blasting that song, yeah. and like a Mazda three, and like a Pontiac G five, right. and they're like pulling in the parking lot. Um, and trucker hats, trucker hats. Yeah, that's coming a good towards call. the end of trucker hats, but it's like early two thousands. Yeah, you might be hearing like yeah, 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 mm. yeah. Yep. Um, take that, rewind it back. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what else is kind of like quintessential of like, all I can think is like musically, like I can picture like what boys looked like in my high school, or at least like what weird boys looked like, which is like girls jeans and the side bangs drip down to the side. Sure. Yeah. That was really like a, a definitely a distinct style. That was a thing. I felt like you were either kind of like, you just kind of like jockey, which was like. You know, like you'd have like a hoodie and like jeans and like a polo from American Eagle. Sure, yeah, it's like polo styles, or like you'd be kind of like skatery. Yeah, some of that. Or like 
urban. Yeah. Or man, we, preppy. Were, we were just as clicky as all of them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to think we weren't, but we were. Totally. Low rise jeans were a very big deal. Usher. Yeah. <laughs> rise jeans and Usher. Yeah. That's what we're the show the would be called. I feel like we're gonna think about things that happen happen like next week we'll be like we forgot like these three main things hey nothing could bring me more joy than if people were to tweet us what would be essential Mm -hmm. in a show set in a 2000s high school at show show podcast let us know what little items have to be included in that show and we'll make the show i graduated in 2007 from high school yeah oh nine you graduated in oh nine yeah so what yeah man i want to know you know what remains me back you know what remains true Everything sucks. Everything sucks. <laughs> so do you give your ass to this show? Uh, yeah. I mean, I do. I, w- I don't expect people to like absolutely love it no matter what, yeah. but I, w- I want to watch it for the n- nostalgia factor alone. Like I kind of got excited when I saw the surge can. Yes, like, that's right. That was one thing where I was like, oh man, I remember that. And oh, if you go just... back like a little bit for like a little bit ahead for their timeline, a little bit fa- a little bit further back than what we're talking about, like yeah. the recess snacks from when we were kids. Uh-huh. That's like Dunkaroos, like yep. fruit roll-ups, like those kind of things. I'm, you could do a whole show about that. I'm still kind of hoping for a freaks and geeks style show that happens maybe in our time. Maybe it's like 2000 2007 yeah maybe that's the show we should write there's no way it's not going to happen yeah we may as well be the ones to do it it'll eventually happen all right cool uh the other thing i just wanted to mention about this show that i find a little frustrating but it's not their fault any more than everybody else's i think and maybe i'm ignorant because you know like i I, like everybody think that i had a hard time from time to time but i was never like overtly bullied Mm -hmm. uh i've often thought that bullies are wrongly uh portrayed on shows about high school like like uh, spray painting Dyke on her locker. Right. Like, maybe that has happened. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I think that bullies work more subtly. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yeah. And are bullies ever really the drama kids? <laughs> yeah, they were in my school. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Did you ever get punched in the face by a drama kid? No, life got easier when I became a drama kid. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you found some some dramatic drama kids. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. I definitely give my ass to the show. It's a little fluffy, mm-hmm. it, but it's so palatable, yeah. and it's actually got a lot of heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Move on, on to the next one. one. Oh God, I don't even know like what happened in the show. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I was so happy I didn't have to recap this episode. Okay. It's called Babylon Berlin. You don't have to do names. Just okay. say the guy or whatever. Okay. Uh, you can uh, recap the pilot episode in its original German, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah. In three, two, one, go. Okay, so I think the show takes place in 1929 Berlin, which is right before the Second World War starts and after the First World War, obviously. And there is this cop, and he's working in Vice in Berlin, and he's dealing with uh, kind of like post-traumatic stress disorder, basically. And he's working in Berlin, but is from Cologne, and he doesn't know... they're protecting a psychologist, I think, from this movie that's coming out, and they raid a. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not thirty seconds out, but they yeah. they raid like a child porn shooting. Yeah, and it was like a porn slash child porn shooting. Well, like I kind of thought when they first invaded the movie set, I just kind of thought they were invading a porno. Yeah, because like it was adults, right? That's right. And I, was and I of, think I, I think that's of, what they were thinking they were doing. I, I was relieved because I was like, oh, good, this show isn't just about 
the interim between world wars in Germany, like maybe this has actually got some weird, funny like antics in it. Right. And then it turns out, no, they do have like boys backstage. Yeah. Like, oh, this is a shame. So, but then there was a cool chase scene. Like when he's like running after that guy on the roof and he drops yeah. his gun, like there was some little, like little humanity things yeah. that I thought were saving it along the way. I liked that. They're not like a perfect example. It's a German show, by the way, it's all subtitles yep. and the dialogue is German. And I liked that they weren't um, helping the the viewer at all. No, I it's thought like the same thing. You're gonna have to just keep watching. They had a lot exactly of a lot of balls happening. in the air as the series started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even the like everything seems like a bit of a mystery. You have no idea what this cop is trying to do to, you know, he's like working with someone to try to stop something. You don't know if he's bad or if he's good. Yeah. You kind of assume he's probably supposed to be good because uh-huh. he's kind of the main character, but he's kind of rough around the edges, a little rough around the edges. And he just breaks it down on the dance floor at one point in this oh, random yeah. bar in Berlin. That's right. And there's also this girl who is working on the side, uh, who's like basically looking for work and living in a shitty apartment. Can you explain to me why all of those young women were so eager to take up weird little clerical tasks? I think maybe it's because after the First World War, like, they just, like, there was, the economy was in the shitter in Germany. So they wanted money. Yeah, there just wasn't enough jobs and right. enough money going around, so they're all kind of It's the most expensive it non-English made show television history wow uh or it was until the fall okay uh, when it came out like it came out and its record was completely topped right away at the time it was the most expensive german made show ever too crazy yeah i mean it's the set pieces were really grand totally it's huge yeah it seems cool i mean i just have no idea like how to wrap my head around it really it had like a cool noir like detective uh feel to it also yep but you're right. I just like, I wasn't really sure. And there's just so many characters in the first episode. Like I, I'm sure if you keep watching it, you're going to get it. Like what it's going to click. What that scene where the guy was eating octopus? I think he was basically being intimidated because the... He kept being like, where's my brother? Show me my brother. And then at one point, Becky was like, is that octopus his brother? And I was, Ra- like, well, and that's, I was like, maybe. That's what the villain wanted to... Well, the villain. I don't know that he's a villain, but wanted guy. to make him think. Yeah. Because he's talking about like the tongue and like... He's like, you know, the tongue is the part of the body that's, and he, the guy just keeps right. looking more at the food. It's like chewy and, and it's tongue-y. octopus. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I'm sure his brother's okay. It's based on a book, based on a novel. Okay. I don't know. Interesting. I don't yeah. think there's any like, you know, unlike dark, I don't think there's supposed to be any like sci-fi. No, I to think it. it's history based. Yeah. yeah. Comparable to dark. Uh, did you watch like a dubbed over version? With English speaking, or did you watch subtitles? I watched subtitles. Oh, I watched it in English. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what it is on Netflix. I watched it on Netflix. That's weird. Didn't I? And I was watching it with, with subtitles. Anyway, I, I watched it with subtitles just so I could hear better, but it was dubbed over. Whoa. Uh, and it was kind of similar to Dark. It was like, how are their mouths moving to English? So close. Almost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I kind of thought that was a little jarring, but but fine. It yeah. made it a little bit more easy to watch. Interesting. Maybe I had the choice at the beginning. What What do you think it is about that title, Babylon Berlin? Like, if Babylon is like one of the original human civilizations yeah. in Mesopotamia, like, well, how does that relate to where we are in this story? Maybe just the fact that it's going to get kind of like... Well, like, Ber- Berlin is now at the beginning again after the First World War. 
Yeah, or maybe that, you know, Babylon doesn't exist anymore and you could think that there's impending destruction. Right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know either. Do you give it your ass? I mean, I, mean, I don't want to say don't watch it because it seems no. like it, it's supposed to be a good show. Yeah. But based on the first show, it's it's really hard to say, yeah, I, I oh, you're going to love it. I was really bored. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I don't give it my ass. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I don't either because... I, again, I can't say, oh, you got to watch it. Yeah. I might watch it to right. see if it goes anywhere, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. I, I would have to hear a lot of good stuff about Babylon Berlin for me to be like, okay, I'm finishing well, it. Well, for a little while, because it was, it was like Dark, it was released on television like in its country mm-hmm. last year, like in 2017, October, I think. Right. And it did very well critically. Okay. But it's also a more sensitive story to them. Yeah. So I don't know. Huh. That's a good point, too. It's more intimate. Yeah. It's crazy. All over Germany, they just have statues everywhere about, like, basically, like, they're they're just still apologizing for World War II. Yes. Like, constantly. I know. Like, there's huge monuments, like, everywhere. Yeah, it's too bad, but it's also kind of, like, nice. Oh, it is nice. It's, it's, it comes from a very good place, but like it's the great shame of their nation. Yeah. And we don't blame Germans. No, like no. Ger- like, you know, right. I when I say we, I don't mean like I was affected by the Holocaust. Right. I don't, but. And I think they're even more, sen- like, you know how there's sometimes in a sentence where someone could be like, oh, you know, they're a real like soup Nazi or whatever. Yeah. Like, I think, <laughs> I think Germans would be like, oh no, you, like, you can't say that. No patience you for that. I know say. the swastika is definitely illegal in Germany. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah. Well, be interesting to see what uh, the Germans thought of it. Will Smith says that Black Panther nearly brought him to tears. He loved it so much. Really, Will? Yeah. Almost cried. God. I don't believe that i don't think even <laughs> i i don't think he even saw that is it. the most direct way to get to never trust will smith we've ever done he i lied i don't think he saw it <laughs> i don't think he was moved for that reason never trust will smith